This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Today with Amazon Business, Shannon Stuckey of Walburn Woodworking helped her team buy 63 circular saws. Okay, Andy, take it easy. Now she uses her time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up. Presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. This episode is actually coming out a little later in the day than usual. I definitely like to get these out as early in the morning as possible, but your girl has been so tired. Um, over the weekend, I think it was Saturday, my fiance and I babysat our niece. She's four months old and it was kind of like our little trial run at being parents. And so uh, it was so funny because neither one of us know how to change diapers or anything but we just love her she's the cutest little thing and so we watched her all day on Saturday and I was like I have a new respect for mothers especially single mothers because we I had help I mean we did it together but I couldn't imagine and it was a Saturday so we were at home it's not like we had to we had to do anything or we had to work or anything like that so I was like I can't imagine somebody doing this with especially with multiple kids during a week having to work and all of that, like my respect for mothers, especially single mothers, has just skyrocketed after Saturday. But that little girl wore me out. It seemed like and she was a really good baby. So she had a um a pretty consistent schedule. She would eat, sleep, diaper change, uh, sit around and chill for a second, cry a little bit then eat sleep and then do the whole the same thing all over again so once we got the hang of like her little schedule we were good but I was so tired and then Sunday we helped yesterday we helped my grandmother move and so I was just exhausted I fell asleep last night at like 
eight o'clock and I woke up this morning at five thirty. But then I just wasn't it was one of those I'm up, but I kind of want to go back to sleep. And I don't think the rain is, is raining real bad in the D.C. area. So the gloominess of the weather wasn't helping. I ended up falling back asleep and woke back up at like eight o'clock. So I was I had like a whole 12 hours <laughs> of sleep. And so, yeah, that definitely threw me off. But I was tired. So I was like, listen, I'm going to catch these Z's. So when I wake up and do this podcast, I can really give y'all all I got and not be all lazy and stuff because I'm tired. But uh, yeah, so that was a, a little quick recap of our week. I found my maid of honor dress. So for you guys that don't know, I'm, I'm getting married in January. And I made a commitment like in the beginning of this wedding planning process where I was like, I will not get stressed out. It's not happening. I refuse to let anybody stress me out about this wedding and so a lot of things have definitely tried to stress me out but I've stayed committed to we're gonna make a decision and we're gonna move on I'm not tripping off of people and what they want we're gonna do what we want to do and that's that but finding my maid of honor dress was like huge and checking something off of the list because we actually found our bridesmaids dresses way early like at the beginning of the year we found the bridesmaids dress and so I had planned a what is it called a dress rehearsal back in August for everybody who we I made sure everybody had their dress and we did it we were going to do a dress rehearsal so as everybody was getting their dresses we found out like the big boobed bridesmaids the dress wasn't fitting right over their chest so we had to totally switch the bridesmaids dress and I'm so grateful that I had them buy them early and I scheduled the um the dress rehearsal so early because it was it wasn't stressful for us to find a replacement so we finally found them um, a replacement back in August thankfully we were able to go on the same day we planned the dress rehearsal we just went and and found a new dress since the dress wasn't fitting folks right Um, but then this past week we found my maid of honor dress which was a huge weight lifted off of my shoulders because I wanted to make sure my sister who's my maid of honor had a dress that matched everybody else's but was different it fit right you know I have some of my bridesmaids are light skinned some of them are dark skinned so I wanted to make sure like the dress fit everybody's skin tone and so I think we found the perfect maid of honor dress um Uh, So I'm excited about that. What else happened this week? Oh, I I started working on a new product. So I'm going to be doing a devotional. I'm I'm really, really excited about this, this devotional because so far I've done the prayer journal. I have my book that's going to be shipped out this month and I wanted to do a devotion. Well, God gave me the idea to do a devotional and I'm excited about it because a lot of times, even when we go into prayer, when we're learning to get closer to God and seek him and things like that, when we go into our prayer closet, we don't always know where to start. And so what I loved about the prayer journal is the prayer journal has prompts. So it it guides your thoughts on what to write down in the journaling process. But I still wanted to create something to where this, the subject and the scripture are already there for each day. And I'm so glad glad God gave me this idea because once I actually sat down to outline it and what it's going to be, it's going to be um, amazing. And I'm really excited about it. It's something that I would definitely even use now every single day. So I'm excited about that. I will be announcing that my goal is to be finished 
the devotional by the end of September. So it'll probably go on sale around. I'm not sure if I'm gonna do a pre-sale for this one. So it'll probably just go straight to being on sale around like October time. But this is a devotional specifically for entrepreneurs. So I'm really excited about that. And then the last thing is um, for you guys that follow me on Instagram, I introduced Blessed and Bossed Up Digital. And I'm really, really, really excited about this because it allows me to expand from just doing the podcast to doing so much more. And it, it Blessed and Bossed Up Digital is pretty much an online space where faith-based entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general can grow in their relationship with God as well as growing in their business. A big thing for me in the beginning was I felt like I had to find two separate spaces for entrepreneurship and for my spiritual walk. And so with Blessed and Bossed Up Digital, we're going to be creating a space that caters to both. And so right now, the first step to that is our YouTube channel. I'm going to include the link in the show notes so you'll be able to um, subscribe. So once we start putting that content up there, I have so much content to go through, especially from when I was doing the one-on-ones and and business coaching and consulting and things like that. I have a ton of like modules and workbooks and courses and everything that's business related. So I'm going to pull all of that stuff and um, switch it up a little bit and update it to go on there so you guys could be able to grow in your business. And I'm also going to be creating some new things. So I'm just super duper excited about that. Uh, So yeah, click the link in the show notes to be able to go there. And I think that's it for my recap. I said recap, Lord, <laughs> for my recap of the week. This week was a pretty productive week, um, but I definitely went through a lot emotionally this week. Nothing major happened, but again, I'm just really getting used to this assignment or just getting used to the woman that God is calling me into. And that really leads me into today's topic. I was at church yesterday and the topic was generational curses so that we had a guest preacher yesterday and she's actually her and her husband are the ones who um, are doing premarital counseling with my fiance and I so we already have a relationship with her and I just I just love her she's just one of those women who is really she's going to pray for you one of those people who say I'm gonna pray for you and they will she's not going to let you settle for anything but God's best she's going to keep it all the way real with you. And I just, I just love her. But yesterday she preached about um, generational curses and it was something that really touched me just because I know that there's so much in my family that no one has stopped yet. Like it, without going into details, it's just a lot from, um, just the women being in abusive relationships to um, the men not being men to the women having to carry a lot of weight in the household to women being super independent because of that to not seeing a lot of healthy marriages. It's just or strained familial relationships. So a lot of dysfunction. It's just so much that should have died generations ago that hasn't. And things that as I began to grow in my relationship with God, things that he's began to show me like Tatum, these things have to die with you or you're going to continue to continue that into your family. 
And for me, when I think about having children, not not just being prepared as far as finances or having my business in a place where I can be present with my kids. I really a, a huge part of being prepared for children for me is making sure that I'm. I'm spiritually ready for kids. And what I mean by that is making sure that I face a lot of the demons that show themselves in my family or I've prayed and stopped generational curses from manifesting in my relationship and things like that. So when God is beginning to show me these things and telling me that if I don't fix these things, my kids are going to have to deal with them. It's heavy for me, but it also just gives me a new sense of purpose. And so when she was talking about that yesterday, it just really, really hit home with me. And so at the end, she did a um, a altar call. And so I went to the altar call and I was just crying and I couldn't figure out why I was crying. <laughs> like I knew that, that a lot of things that she was saying was hitting home for me but I just felt like I was weeping um I don't want to say excessively but there was more to what I was letting out that I could rationalize at that time and so she when she hugged me and was praying for me she's like well what what do you want me to pray for and I was like I don't know (laughs) I really don't know and it's just so many emotions that are coming up right now that I really don't know why? And so, of course, you know, God knows our heart. He knows the things that we're going through. And so as she was just praying for me, I mean, we're speaking in tongues and everything. I just felt just so much start to come up and a lot of weight being um, lifted off of me. And so she was looking at me. She grabbed my face and she was like, Tatum, look me in my eyes right now. And she was like, you will walk into your calling. You will walk into what God has for you. And so when she said that, it kind of triggered or brought to my attention why I was weeping so heavily. And I think it was because it's like, how can I explain this? Like I tell y'all every week about how God is just showing me the things that he has for me, right? And one of the big things is an international ministry. And I go back and forth, not a church, but like a ministry. And I go back and forth about how I feel about this. Some days I'm confident and I'm excited and I'm like, okay, God, whatever you got for me, we're going to do this. And I'm pumped and I'm ready. And other days I'm not. You know, and I think yesterday was one of those days where or last week was one of those weeks where I was kind of struggling with the calling and I wasn't feeling as confident about it. And um, if I'm being honest, I was afraid. And I think what I was weeping for was I was mourning my plan for my life and I was mourning who I thought I was going to be and I was mourning what I, if I'm being honest, what I wanted for myself. And, you know, when I surrender all to God and I surrender my life and my business and all of these things, I give up the plan that I have for myself and surrender to who he knew me as before he formed me in my mother's womb. And so I think in that moment for me, I was really just mourning what I wanted for my life. I always wanted to just be rich and inconspicuous. Like I knew I would always be successful because I'm smart. I work hard and I I know that I have what it takes to be successful, but ministry and and things that specific like that, that's not that's not what I wanted for my life. And to to be a minister or to have this international ministry and all of these things that God has 
told me is for my life. I'm like, I don't, I'm, I guess the best way to just say it is I'm mourning who I wanted to be. And what, as I think about it, and as I talk through it, what I see is like, I'm running towards what God has for me because I remember some days I am excited about it. So I'm running towards it because despite how I feel, I'm always, I'm just at a position where I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Period. I have a number one desire to please God. So whether I'm, yes, I'll mourn what I want my life to be, but that's not going to stop me from running towards what God wants. Yes. I'm afraid of what this assignment is going to mean for me. I told you I went from being very, very guarded. Like I had a, a guard up that you could not get through. And while that's not healthy to have a guard up like that, it protected me. So by me lowering this guard down and opening myself up and being vulnerable under this new assignment that God has me and so that I can be able to pour into the people who listen to this podcast or pour into the people in my life or pour into the people that, that God is going to assign for me. In order for me to have that level of vulnerability, I had to take the wall now. But yes, that's going to allow me to be able to help people, but it's also going to going to make me susceptible to getting hurt. And that's scary. I don't want to give people the power to be able to hurt me, but I have to. That's just a product of being vulnerable and being transparent. And so giving up that wall or giving up that defense mechanism that I have in order to step into this calling is very difficult. And so it's like I'm running towards what God has for me, but it's like I have a resistance band around my waist. I don't know if you guys have ever worked out before and um, it's an exercise where the trainer or your partner or whomever has like this band around your waist and they're holding it and then your job is to just run. And so the band adds like a level of resistance to make the running more difficult. You burn, burn more calories or whatever. But that's kind of how I feel about this. I'm running towards God because at the end of the day, I care way more about you guys getting saved and you guys living in God's best for you. And I, I care way more about the people I'm going to help than I care about my own discomfort. So again, I'm going to always run to what God wants me to do, but it's still like that resistance. It's still something that's that, or the, how can I say it? I want to make sure I say it correctly. It still feel like it's something that's trying to pull me back. Like as I'm running, it's something that's adding that layer of resistance. And that's why today the topic of this podcast is going to be don't under, uh, don't underestimate your opponent. <laughs> The resistance is the enemy trying to get me to stop running towards what God has for me. He's trying to pull me back so that I don't reach the full potential that God has for me. And I thank God for having the level of faith and trust that I do have to where I'm going to run regardless. But that doesn't mean that I can't that I can get lazy about understanding or identifying what that resistance is and fighting it. And a lot of you guys have made a decision to go after the things of God, whether it be from listening to this podcast or whatever it is that you've been doing, y'all have made this decision and then you come, you come up against some resistance and it makes you either stop or turn back. 
Remember, when somebody is holding a resistance band, they're trying to pull you back. The only thing that's keeping you from uh, from going backwards is the fact that you're running forward. If you were to stop at any moment, you will get yanked back uh, to where you started from or even worse. So, again, uh, uh, as we're running towards the things of God, the enemy is going to really come and try to pull us back. But it's important that we don't turn away and also using that same example of the resistance band it takes strength to be able to keep running because when somebody especially somebody that's stronger than you the bible talks about we're going to come into contact with spirits and things that are stronger and mightier than us and we need to be rooted in the word of god and the strength of god to be able to push through these spirits that are stronger than us Oh my God, we have to be able, we have to have the strength to push through these spirits that are stronger than us. So the same thing with the resistance band as you you need strength to run um, and to be stronger than the thing that's pulling you back. And the only way that you're going to get the strength that you need is understanding the word of God is being rooted in faith. When I was praying this week, I kept hearing the word anchor and I know what an anchor is, but I didn't understand why God was giving me that word. And so as I was just going throughout my weekend, hearing other things um, or listening to sermons here and there, whatever I usually do, I kept hearing the word anchor again. And what God was trying to show me was he needs me to be anchored in faith. If I have, if I'm anchored in faith and I'm running towards the promises of God and the enemy and, and is trying to pull me back, I'm not going to get pulled back because I'm anchored in the in the promises of God. I'm anchored in my relationship with God. I'm anchored in my faith. I'm anchored in the trust that I've built up with God. So I'm not going anywhere. An anchor is heavy. If you throw an anchor down into the water, whatever it is that's attached to it ain't going nowhere. So it's the same thing. We have to be anchored in faith. So as we're running and these spirits and the, the enemy and all of the demons that he has trying to destroy us are trying to pull us back. We're stronger than that and we're able to overcome it. And as I talk about this, I think about um, it's a scripture It's first Peter five and eight. And it says to be alert and of, and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil prowls around like a, a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And what this scripture tells me is just how strategic the enemy is and how persistent and determined he is to, to destroy us. And in even taking the first part where it says be alert and of sober mind, it makes me think about how in the beginning of this year, God told me don't drink in 2018. And I was like, okay, I was never like a... Like I would go out here and there and drink and I, and, but turning up and all of that was not really my thing anymore. I feel like I did enough of that in college to where it wasn't really my thing. I was more focused on my goals, but I did drink. And so, um, when God told me not to drink this year, I was like, well, why? It's not like, you know, I'm an alcoholic or anything like that, but I know it's because God needed me to be sober and vigilant so that I can be able to see the attacks that's coming for me. Like God may have made me some big promises for this year, um, but that's not going to come. That doesn't mean that the enemy is going to allow me to get there easily. But so in order for me to be able to recognize the attacks, I got to be sober and uh, vigilant. I have to be watchful. I have to understand 
understand who my opponent is and not underestimate him. He ain't going to let me just run towards the promises of God without trying to yank me back. And I thank God for just the level or spiritual maturity that I've reached so far because I wouldn't have been able to really talk myself through like Tatum, what's going on? Why are you so, why, why are you weeping so much? Like what's happening? What is this resistance that you feel? I don't think I would have been able to recognize that had I not been growing in God so much over the last year. And so I'm so grateful that he's able to allow me to recognize that the enemy is trying to pull me back, but then also um, has allowed me to build up a, a faith so or allow me to build up my faith so much to where I'm determined to keep running anyway. And then I'm I'm even more grateful that he showed me, Tatum, you need to be anchored in faith. So don't think because you have grown this much in your relationship with God that you don't still have growing to do. Or don't don't think that because you have faith that you don't need to be anchored. It's time for you to go deeper. And I was kind of like. Okay, because I was in a place this week where I was like, God, my faith aren't speaking to me anymore. Like the people I my go to people to like watch sermons on or to look for to feed me spiritually. They're not doing it for me anymore. Like at one point I felt like they always spoke to where I was at. Like, oh, my gosh, they're speaking to me every single time they preach. But now it's not like that. So I'm like, God, what's going on? And he's like, it's because you're not there anymore. You're in the promises already. You know, you may not see them with your natural eyes, but in the spirit, you're in the promised land already. But but in the promised land, the the demons are that much more cunning, that much more strategic and that much harder to beat. So you have to go deeper in your relationship with me and be more and be anchored in your faith so that you can continue to overcome those demons that are stronger than you. And um, as I'm talking through this, it made me think about the book Fervent by Priscilla Shiver. And I, I bring up this book all the time, but um I remembered in this book, she talks about the strategies of the devil. I think it was about 10 and I'm going to link the, uh, I'm going to put the link to this book in the show description so that you could check it out. But, um, yeah, I think it was 10. Let me look. Yeah. It was 10 strategies of the devil and shout out to prayer journals because I read this book. Um, I think it was the beginning of last year. It was in, no, it was in July of last year is when I read this book. So I was actually able to go back to my prayer journal from last year and um, reference the, the strategies that she talked about. So I'm going to read them to you guys. These are, remember today's topic is don't underestimate your opponent. And these are the 10 um, strategies of the devil. So number one, the devil is. Um, the devil's number one strategy is against your passion. So he seeks to dim your whole desire for prayer, dull your interest in spiritual things and downplay the prophecy or excuse me, downplay the potency of your most strategic weapons. So what that means is he takes away that fire from God that you once had. And, and when she talks about like the potency of your most strategic weapons, so he makes you feel like I don't want to pray anymore. I don't want to worship God. Worship and God isn't going to do anything for my circumstances. What is prayer going to do? Because when I finish praying, I'm right back into the things that's um, that I don't like, or I'm right back into the things that that is causing me this pain. He 
puts those thoughts into your mind and put those emotions into your body to pull you back. That's in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. I'm actually going to, just so you guys can have a list of these, I'm going to send it in an email. So if you're on my email list, you'll get it. I'm going to put it in the stories of our Instagram page at Blessed and Bossed Up. So follow us, screenshot, do what you got to do. Um, and I'm also going to post these in the Facebook group. So the number two strategy of the devil is he attacks your focus. He disguises himself and manipulates your perspective. So you end up focusing on the wrong culprit, directing your weapons to the wrong enemy. That's in second Corinthians 11 and 14. Number three, I'm just going to go through all of these and I pray that you really go back and read these scriptures. And I, and I really pray that this enlightens your perspective. So as you're going through things, as you're feeling this level of resistance while you're running through the, the things of God, you're able to identify that this is the enemy trying to pull you back. Number three is he attacks your identity. And this is a big one for me. He magnifies your insecurities, leading you to doubt what God says about you and disregard what he's given you. This is in Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. And this is specifically something that I um, that I've been struggling with or the attack that's been on my life as of late. Because remember, I'm like I, I'm mourning who I want it to be. And it's because I'm not, my identity is being attacked. Like, I think I'm not worthy enough to have this international ministry. Who am I? You know what I mean? I have flaws. I don't do everything the right way. I'm guarded uh, a lot of the times. And like all of these things, it's like, who am I to accept this calling on God's life? But all of that is a lie. I am who God says I am. And if anything speaks against that, that that is nothing but the devil trying to pull me back from what I'm running towards. And because I'm able to identify that, and that's why I'm telling y'all this, when you're able to identify it, you can fight against it. Number four is he um, attacks your family. He wants to dis... He wants to disintegrate your family, dividing your home, rendering it chaotic, restless and unfruitful. That's Genesis three, one through seven. Number five, he attacks your confidence. He constantly reminds you of your past mistakes and bad choices, helping to convince you that you're under God's judgment rather than the blood. That's in Revelations twelve ten. Number six. He attacks your calling. He amplifies fear, worry, and anxiety until they're the loudest voices in your head, causing you to deem the adventure of following God risky to attempt. So he doesn't even want you to get started. That's where that paralyzing of fear comes from. So for you guys that are being paralyzed from fear, the the enemy is winning in your life right now. This is one of his strategies and it's working. And that's Josh four through eight. Number seven is against your purity. He tries to tempt you towards certain sins, convincing you that you can tolerate them without risking consequence, knowing they'll only wedge against between you and God. That's Isaiah 59, one through two. Number eight, against your rest and contentment. He hopes to overload your life and schedule, pressuring you to constantly push beyond your limits, never feeling permission to say no. Deuteronomy 5.15. Number nine, he has a strategy against your heart. He uses every opportunity to keep old wounds fresh in mind, knowing anger, hurt, bitterness, and unforgiveness to continue the damage. That's Hebrews 12, 15. 
excuse me. And then number 10 is against your relationships. He creates disruption and disunity within your circle of friends and within the shared community of the body of Christ. That's first Timothy two and eight. So again, these are the 10 strategies of the devil, you guys. And if any of these spoke directly to you, go to these scriptures. I'm going to post them. Get this book, Fervent by Priscilla Shires, an excellent book. But these things are pulling you back. These are the strategies that the enemy uses to pull you back as you're running towards the things of God. So we must not underestimate the devil. Like my pastor always talks about how the devil has a, a foul on us. So he knows everything that we've done, our weaknesses, our strengths, our, our uh, insecurities, all of these things. He has like this Rolodex or this foul of things that he can pull from to destroy us. But we have to Recognize the enemy for who he is, never underestimate him and be very proactive in being anchored in faith and anchored in the things of God. So the last thing I want to talk about with this is we have to put some controls in place, right? So now that we understand that this resistance, I don't know why my voice is messing up. Enemy really trying to get me to be quiet about this. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we have to put these controls in place. We uh, so in order for you to do that first, you got to understand where you're at. So for me, understanding that I'm no longer being fed by my phase, that means that I can't just d- rely on the process or the system that I had in place before. Now it's time for me to level up in my faith so that I can be able to defeat the things that are trying to pull me back so that I can be able to be anchored in my faith um, and not let me being in this new dimension or me being in this promised land season, not allow the demons of that season to destroy me or take me out of what God has prepared for me. So again, have these controls in place. And and by doing that, you really take a look or in order to do that, you really take a look and figure out what doors you're leaving open for the enemy. And um, Tanya, the woman who preached yesterday, she talked about this and she called them triggers. You have to figure out what your triggers are. So I say, what doors are you leaving open? So are you still talking to that person that you know is no good for you, that man or that woman that you know is no good for you? Are you still dealing with them? Even if y'all not together no more, are you still dealing with them? You're leaving a door open for the enemy to, to destroy you. Number two, are you talking to people about your problems before you pray? The devil will use people closest to you to feed you the wrong information. And the only way you're going to be able to discern like uh, that. Oh, no, 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 no. This is the enemy. And this is not my friend or whatever. In order for you to be able to discern that you have to have a relationship with God and know what's going on. So, again, if you're talking to people before uh, about your problems before you uh, pray, then you're leaving a door open. Are you not taking care of your health? That's inviting sickness and disease into your body. You know, the Bible says the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. He want to wipe us out from everything that God has for us. And sickness and disease is one of those things. So by um, being unhealthy, by not taking care of our bodies, by not working out, by not eating right, we are opening up a door for the enemy to come in with sickness and disease. Another one, do you keep saying that you don't know how to hear from God and then that's it? You're not trying, you're not putting in the effort to learn God's voice. You're not growing your relationship to be able to discern when it's God talking to you because the enemy will talk to you too. There will be spirits that talk to you too. There have been times where I've been 
There was this one time I was watching something. I don't know what I was watching on TV, but I think it was somebody who like killed themselves or something. And I heard, uh, oh, you should do that. I promise y'all, I heard it clear as day. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And I start immediately praying against that. I start speaking in tongues. I start quoting the word because the devil will try to get you up out of here. Or for me, or the devil will tell me stuff like... Who you think you are to talk to these people about God? Who do you like attacking my identity? But I got to speak against that stuff because I know what God called me to do. And I'm going to keep running towards it and I'm going to keep fighting uh, or resisting the devil. The Bible says resist the enemy and he will flee. So we have to make sure that we are not underestimating them and we are fighting him. And for me also, one of the doors I leave open is I'm a very realistic and logical person. So because of that, it takes, I have to be intentional about my faith. I have to be intentional about seeing with my spiritual eyes and not my natural. Cause I'm the person that will call a spade a spade. But when it comes to spirit, your spiritual walk, you can't do that. You have to speak what God says and not necessarily what you see. So that's something that is difficult for me. But me knowing that I have to get better at speaking to what God said and not what I see. And so me realizing, okay, Tatum, that's a door that you're leaving open for the enemy. Cause he's going to make you magnify your circumstances and not magnify the promises of God. So understanding that that door is open, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I got to do something different. I got to get stronger in my prayer life and make sure that my prayers speak to what God said. I got to make sure I'm reciting the word over my life every day. I got to make sure that I'm spending, I start my days off worshiping God because that's inviting him. um, That's inviting the spirit into my day. And that's starting me, starting my day off with a grateful heart. And it makes it a lot harder to get sucked into the negative when I start my day that way. So I had to identify what doors are open and I have to continuously do that. It's not something that you do one time. As I continue to grow, I have to get deeper and deeper in my faith. So for you guys, I really ask you to identify what doors you're leaving open for the enemy and and close those doors. So I'm gonna take a break here and then we're gonna move on to the business blitz segment. Okay, now let's move on to the business blitz segment. This is a new segment of the show where I dive in very quickly on a particular business topic. I give you very practical things that you can take and run with. It's not a long drawn out um, explanation of anything, but it's straight to the point business advice. So today's topic is how do I give freebies without giving away too much? This is something that a lot of especially service based entrepreneurs struggle with. You know, we know the importance of giving away freebies or giving value to your consumers because that builds up that know you like you trust you factor. But where the entrepreneur, the business owner struggles in is how do I give away value without giving away my whole service or my whole program? The answer to that is you or before we get to the answer, the prerequisite to that is what we've talked about in the last couple of weeks is one, you need to understand your unique selling proposition. And number two, you need to be very clear about the problem you solve. And let's give the example of, well, the solution is the freebie is the what, right? You're describing the problem that you're solving. You're describing the importance of solving that problem. You're painting the picture of what life will look like using your own testimonials. So if you are a personal trainer, then and let's say you're a personal trainer 
And um, your unique selling proposition is you created a one, two, three system to help people lose 20 pounds in 30 days, right? That's your unique selling proposition. The problem that you solve is making weight loss easy and effective. Now, um, in your freebies, you will be describing your one, two, three system. That's the what. All of your freebies should be based around this one, two, three system, why it works. Um, you should be sharing testimonials of people who have accomplished the uh, accomplished their 20 pounds in 30 days with this one, two, three system. And um, you should be showing people what life looks like after using your system. You should also be showing people what life looks like if they don't use your system. So talk about and speak to their pain points. Talk about um, how it feels to be six months into working out and not lost any weight yet. How it feels to feel like you can't eat anything good and lose weight or talk about the health problems that come by not losing weight or whatever. But you're giving away a lot of value, but you're not giving away the solution because in order for them to reach their goal of losing that 20 pounds in 30 days, they have to hire you. So the upsell is the solution, but everything you give away for free, you give away value. You talk about the what you talk about how um, you talk about the importance of losing weight. You talk about how this one, two, three system that you had has been helping people lose reach their weight loss goals faster you talk about how people are saving time and money by using this system you talk about the changes in health that people see when it comes to this system and then they have to hire you in order to do it now a way now if you do this you have to be clear to not give away your system right so instead of saying my system is eat under 30 cal- I mean under 1300 calories work out five times a week and um, let's say rest on Sundays. I don't know. I'm making this up. But instead of saying that's what your system is, name the system. Say I have this um, lose weight now system that accomplishes X, Y, Z. So now you've given it a name that's very specific to your business and you're not giving them what the system entails. So you can speak around that without giving it away. So that's it for the business blitz. I try to keep it as quick, short and sweet as possible. Um, Now let's move on to some questions. If you have questions, submit those um, on blessedandbossedup.com. You can click on the Ask a Boss tab. You can always um, send me an email that works as well. Tatum at TatumTamia.com. So this question says, hey, Tatum, don't know if you will see this, but I'm going to shoot my shot. I saw a girl. I recently started a blog and I want to use this as a platform to launch my business. I know my strength is writing and teaching. So I'm looking to start an administrative assistance business. The problem I'm running into is one, trying to increase my blog's following and two, how to translate my idea of personal assisting to a blog business No, she says how to transition my idea of personal assisting to a business built from the blog. Okay, if you have any ideas or suggestions, please share. Thanks. The podcast is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so, yes, I do have some ideas. So since your ultimate goal is to turn the blog into an admin business, then your blog should be a marketing tool for the admin business. So you need to first start with the business and not the blog. So 
organize the business of who is my target audience? What's my unique selling uh, proposition? Like we talked about what, um, what problem am I solving? Are you serving busy? Let's say you have an admin assistant business where you work specifically with entrepreneurs who have reached six figures in revenue and, and manage multiple brands. So let's say the problem there is once somebody um, has multiple brands and has this successful business, a lot of the times they need an administrative assistant to keep the to keep the details together to make sure nothing falls under the cracks and things like that. So if let's say you create your business to solve this particular problem for this particular audience, then your blog needs to be a marketing tool for the business. So everything you blog about needs to be based around that all of the things I talked about in the business blitz, like uh, describing that problem, positioning yourself as the solution, appealing to that pain point. All of your posts need to be designed to convert people into clients for this business. So that's why instead of starting with the blog, you need to start with the business so that your blogging can be strategic as opposed to just putting things out there for no reason. And then later on down the line, trying to make the two connect. Now, then um, you can actually go to last week's episode. When we talked about building a personal brand. So because you can add personal things into the blog, but they ultimately need to line up with what the business is. Because remember, the purpose of this blog, if you want this blog to support this business, the purpose of the blog is to convert people into clients. Um, also, when it comes to the blog, the number one form of content these days is video. It's going to probably be like that for a while. So it's important too that when you're doing this blog that you diversify the way that you present the content. So having a lot of images and less text, having more video than text, having audio options, just really making sure you diversify the content so that you're not spending time on creating all of these posts that people aren't consuming because that's just not how they consume content anymore. So I would definitely suggest you do some research on the blogging industry and go in depth on how people consume content so that you can make sure after you get what the content is going to be about together and how that's going to convert people into clients for the business together, then you can make sure the way that it's organized and and the logistics of it appeal to what your target audience is looking for. Um, and then your another one of your questions too was how to increase the blog's f- following. And in the beginning, it's really a lot of grassroots stuff. So you can do things like having guest posts or whatever from people who have a tribe of your target audience. Maybe you interview somebody who has a tribe of whomever your target audience is. That will bring eyes to the blog. Of course, social media and posting consistently and things like that. Remember, word of mouth is always the number one form of marketing so just making sure everything you do is with excellence and you make an impact on the people that read it so they can begin to share it with their networks um, start building up an email list somehow so that you can send out email emails to people so that uh, to remind them of a new post the way that you can build up an email list is offering something for free that is a value to the audience and make them sign up in order to receive it it's the easy way to build your email list um, also 
going into Facebook groups and things of the sort that have a group or a, a community of your target audience and start to engage in people, engage with people in those settings, uh, posting relevant content is going to get asked to the blog as well. You In the beginning, it's just all about really doing a lot of those grassroots things to get asked to the blog. And then um, if it's done correctly or if it's done well, then people will start telling other people about it also. Um, and then lastly, because it is a blog, so there will be text there, make sure that it's SEO optimized. That's search engine optimization. Make sure it's SEO friendly so that um, the people who are looking for what you're offering are able to find you. So because of time, I'm actually going to stop the questions right here. We are going to move on to the prayer. Before we get to the prayer, I do have a couple of announcements. I'm going to be a panelist at the Gold Diggers Workshop in Baltimore on October 21st. So come out, come see me. I would love to meet you guys in person. I'm going to include the link to tickets for that in the show notes. I'll also be speaking in Georgia at the Four Visionaries Only Retreat. It's an all-inclusive cabin retreat for entrepreneurs. That's uh, November 16th through the 18th. So make sure you get your tickets for that as well. I will put that in the show notes. Make sure you pre-order my book, Blessed and Bossed Up, Surrendering Your Ambition so God Can Have His Way. The orders will be shipping this month. So I'm really excited about getting those books to you guys. Okay, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day and for this week. I thank you for every single person that listens to this show and the work that you're doing in their lives. Thank you for the message today, Lord, and the words that you have spoken through me. Father, I ask that you give us the strength to put on the whole armor of God. That way, that way we may be able to stand against the schemes of the enemy. More importantly, God, I ask that you give us the wisdom to keep on that armor of God as we enter into the spaces, the opportunities and the blessings that you have prepared for us. We thank you, Father, for giving us the victory through our Lord Christ Jesus, victory over anything that comes against our businesses, our mind, our families, our children, our marriages, our hearts, or our environments, victory over anything that is pulling us back as we are running towards your promises, Lord God. We thank you that even though the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, that you have plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us a hope in a future plans to give us life and give it to us abundantly. And I pray that you give us the wisdom to be able to rest in those facts, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that we are fighting a fixed fight, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, even if we're forming the weapons on ourselves. Protect us against the tricks that the enemy is planning on our minds and our emotions, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that according to your word, if we abide in you and your words abide in us, that we can ask for whatever we wish and it will be done for us. Therefore, Father, I ask that you give us joy, peace, and clarity in this week. I ask that you allow us to hear from you like never before. I also ask that you put a, a bright red dot on the forehead of any situation, person, opportunity, thought, or emotion that the enemy is attempt attempting to use against us. Give us a heightened sense of discernment, Lord, so that we can walk into all the blessings you have from us and walk away from every single thing that does not serve you. In Jesus name. Amen. 
All right, guys, I'm going to end this podcast episode with a song from the Blessed and Bossed Up playlist that's available on iTunes right now. I will also put the link to that in the show description and I will talk to you guys next week. Amazon Business Honors, Ricardo Gurgel, owner of Veggie Root Tavern. This week, Ricardo saved big and used Amazon Business to help his team buy commercial deep fryers at a quantity discount. Because even veggies can be fried. I'm going to need two orders of fried fiddleheads. With business buying easier than before, Ricardo now uses his extra time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger.